my name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses, and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. Hi, Peter. Whoa, we did it. You did it, yes. There you are. <laughs> How are you, Thank you. Thank you for joining me. So good to be here. What a pleasure. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. You're breaking my Instagram live cherry. This is the first time I've done this. <laughs> I'm someone's first person. Cheers. This <laughs> sounded super inappropriate. Hey, mm -hmm. so your ability to challenge people's limiting beliefs is <clears throat> comparable to anyone else. And I'm so well, Thank you. You worked with the biggest names out there, and we know that I'm name drop, but it's just yeah. that there's no way I can afford Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. All things being considered, I uh, am blessed to be somebody who loves my home. So this is sort of business as usual for me. <laughs> You've been training for this year. I saw this meme is like all the introverts. We've been training for this our entire life. Yes, who knew social distancing was my favorite pastime? <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, you've been called the mind architect. You've been called the, the Mary Kondo of the mind. What does that uh -huh. mean? Um, it's, a great, it's a great question. I, I really came up with the title because I thought so many other titles that people had would be sort of contaminated with meaning, right? There's like life coach, spiritual teacher, uh, guru, and... Um, I just really looked and broke down what it is that I'm actually doing, which is looking at these deep, deep programs of everybody's subconscious mind, right? If you're human, you're going to be dealing with these things that I help people to transcend and get beyond. So, and it really was, I used to love drawing. It's sort of one of my pastimes as a kid. And so I, at one point thought I would get into architecture and I love the idea of taking something and creating in space, right? Like if we're given space, a blank canvas, we get the opportunity to create. So what I was looking at is like, what's the space that people live in in here? Like this is the ultimate space. It is our ultimate home. And for the most part, with no judgment, most people's creations aren't that empowering. <laughs> so I wanted to do some tenant improvements and really help people to um, create a much more vital, a much more free, a much more enlivening space to live in. So my architecture seems to be the appropriate title. Oh, so good. Okay, so. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, I'm going to take one for the team because I feel like a lot of people are going through similar things right now. So I'm, yeah. I'm living by myself. I feel lonely and I feel scared. Okay. And I know that this is where you come in and see like, oh, actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how, I, how do you, how, how do you, that's a, is that a limiting belief? The, the fact that I'm feeling lonely and scared right now? No, I think it's a very appropriate belief, you know, and beyond the belief, it's really an experience, right? Feeling lonely and scared is an emotional state. It's not really something you believe. You might believe in, you know, Christianity, you might believe in other realms and, and UFOs, right? These are beliefs, but what you're feeling is scared and alone. So I think given what's going on right now, it's, uh, it's very appropriate. What I would want to look at is to how to, how accurate it is, right? Like, so people's feelings, I totally allow people to have their feelings. We're sentient beings. We feel. That's what we do. 
What I like to inquire about and investigate is the validity of feelings. Because feelings, I tell people, feelings are just an, a terrible indicator of truth. <laughs> right? Just because we feel something doesn't mean it's the way it is. But we're sentient beings, as I said. So we tend to lean a lot on our feelings as the precursor to the choices we make. So what I, one of my terms and one of my expressions I say is that life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Right now, if you really get that, it's a very profound way to relate to life. So if ever we get triggered, if we get upset, if we get scared, if we feel lonely, if we get angry, whatever it is that we experience by virtue of something outside of us, some external stimulus, it's basically revealing where we're not okay with something, right? In lay terms, you saying that you're scared and you feel lonely, those feelings themselves, I want you to understand, aren't the problem right? A lot of people right now could, could totally relate to you. They feel scared and they feel lonely. What I want people to understand is there's no problem, zero, zilch, with feeling scared and lonely. The problem is when you don't want to feel scared and lonely, <laughs> right? So it's our resistance to emotions and feelings that generates the suffering. And my work is to dissipate, remove, completely eradicate suffering, which last I checked is a pretty cool thing to be able to do right like so if you can live in a complete state of bliss and happiness and peace then you know i think you're pretty I'll winning you know you're, you're winning your life right so so there's two things we want to do here we want to recognize you feel scared you feel lonely the first thing is what i call this quintessential maternal mother energy right like the ultimate mother energy not as a human the human can't live up to the quintessential fully expressed energy because any woman is also going to be dealing with her own limitations, right? And this is why I tip my cap to all parents, especially mothers, because you know they bust their asses to try and take care of these other human beings. But if we look at the energy of a quintessential mother, it is unconditional, it is nurturing, it is holding, right? It is a, it is a blanket, an emotional blanket of safety. So the first thing, when we feel these emotions that we quote unquote don't want, then we want to bring that energy of the quintessential maternal nurturing energy, which is in lay terms, again, it's okay, honey. Like you can imagine a real mothering mother, you feel scared. It's like, oh, baby, come here, right? They would hold you. So yeah. there's Dude, nothing I'm to fix. I'm scared. It'll be like, oh, that's pretty normal because you're by yourself for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And beyond that, whatever your mind is telling you about what could happen, right? That's where fear comes in, which maybe we'll cover. But just the actual present state feeling of being scared and lonely is incredibly normal for a human being. So we, we want to embrace it. We want to be okay with it. It's okay. So why I like to use these archetypes of mum and dad is because everyone can relate, right? We were, I hope, I'm assuming everyone was a kid at one point and they had parents, right? So everyone can go, oh, yes. I know those moments, I hope everybody had those moments, where they felt completely held by the mothering energy. So whatever you're feeling, it's okay. We want to bring that sense of love, acceptance, compassion, and, and as I said, just this sort of em embrace that it's okay. That immediately, if people really get that, it should bring some relief, right? It's okay to be scared, right? The resistance is what creates, as I said, the the internal angst, the suffering, the the restlessness, like, oh my gosh, the feeling that I've got to do something about it. I'm scared and this is bad. This is no. people like get on their phones or trying to avoid that as well. 
distractions, drinking, smoking weed, like, you know, eating, like people do all sorts of things to get away from their feelings, right? Which is ironically why I think this period that we're in where everybody is being forced into the cocoons of their own home is a very profound time to sit with your own emotional body, to sit with your own feeling state and be okay with it. I often give this metaphor. I said, you know, if you were to throw a dinner party and you had to invite all your emotions, right? And you're going through the guest list and it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to bring happiness. Oh, of course. Oh, fun. He's awesome. And I'm going to bring humor and positivity. Always great. I'm going to bring like, you know, intelligence, like, or, or, or insights, you know, they always have great things to say at the dinner table and joy, joy is awesome, you know, but then you get down the list. You're like, oh shit, do I really have to bring sadness? Do I anger? I don't know. That gets pretty messy when anger's at the table. And then like depression, I'm not, uh, I don't know if I want to invite depression, right? So we start to get sort of, we cherry pick, we select like the emotions we want, but that's not how life works. Yin and yang, male, female, right? Like there's a duality to everything. So the most powerful human being, as far as I'm concerned, is the one that can make space for all of them, to make space for all your emotions. It's okay that you feel a little sad. Now, what happens is as you integrate, make space for you, you accept, you invite to the dinner table with all your other emotions, that feeling of scared or loneliness, it starts to dissipate. It doesn't carry the same charge because it's okay. It's just part of the tapestry, this rich palette of emotions that we all have as human beings. So just as we can stare at the the, the sky and we're okay with clouds or a thunderstorm or just a spattering of these little white puffs of clouds, whatever is coming and going, we recognize that it is part of the whole expression of, of weather. We may have preferences, of course. So likewise with our emotions, but we understand that we can't just have sun. Even even in LA, we don't always get sun. I mean, most of the time. So it's rainy. Yeah, today it's cloudy. You know, it's like, okay, and that's an expression of life. So the degree to which we can make space for the expressions, all the expressions that we have as human beings is that quintessential maternal energy of like, honey, it's okay. And that gives breathing room. Then we can get into the maternal, uh, sorry, the uh, paternal, the father, the, the, the male energy, which is the fixing. I want to do something about it, right? Like, I don't want to feel this and let's understand it. Why are you feeling scared? What is the deep-seated fear, right? That's more analytical. But unless you start with the embrace, unless you start with the integration, then you're always reacting. You're always trying to run away from something, which is how most people, of course, live their lives, sadly. <laughs> which and is how most people are exhausted. sit down and feel their feelings. And that's just to be with, you know, just to be with ourselves is such a beautiful exercise because you know this is maybe another topic for another time but like relationships right the number one thing i probably deal with even though i'm dealing with these high-end performers in life is i'm usually dealing with some kind of relationship right we experience life because of relationship my not just with people how i relate to time how i relate to my environment how i relate to money how do i relate to my body we have relationships everywhere and so this period, if we really want to maximize the opportunity that I feel this is for everybody, is to be able to sit with what is my relationship to myself, to my own dialogue, to the narratives that are always there. But maybe we don't see them because we're busy. You know, like if you're feeling lonely and sad or scared, 
my invitation to you would be to really look carefully. Was that always there? Because my guess is if it's coming up now, it's not because of the circumstance, it's because that's been there a lot, even when you were in a relationship, right? And only you can answer, and to whatever degree you want to be vulnerable, but you know, most people are in relationships, like they're married, they have boyfriends, life partners, girlfriends, whatever it is, but they feel lonely. So we start to understand, hang on a minute, it's not based on our circumstances, it's based on our own relationship to ourselves. So whatever's being exposed right now, because people are being forced into this sort of silo, this silence where they're sitting with themselves, my invitation is to really be honest with ourselves and go, hang on a minute, the fear I'm feeling, the loneliness I'm feeling, the lack of self-worth that I'm feeling, yeah. maybe, just maybe that was there. I have to say, but so. years and months before. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, so when I was in that relationship, I remember we uh, was a very, uh, very passionate relationship because we would fight a lot. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, that person, make you make me feel like I'm not enough. Like no matter what I do, nothing's ever good enough. Yeah. And then we had a conversation. I had a conversation with that person the other day and I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that even though we're no longer together, you still make me feel like I'm not enough. But then I said, no, like you trigger something that's already within me. There's the part of me that feels not enough. And yeah. hang out with you, just being my mirror, because every time I hang out with you, you make me feel like I'm trying to like prove and like win yeah. your attention and love. So yeah. this is a similar situation where like being lonely makes me just realize that I've already had that within me. I just didn't pay attention. Yeah, perfect, right? So even in the way you just described that relationship with someone that you, you know, in your wording, you make me feel like you're I'm not enough. That's totally inaccurate, right? That's how yeah, it is. Only after doing your course, as I, I was about to say the same words, and I'm like, this is so not true. This is Exactly. Beautiful. But now, with that, you get freedom and power, right? Because it's like you're free of the illusion that you're a victim of circumstance or that you're a victim of somebody else. Whatever they say. People can say whatever the hell they want about me. I mean, obviously, it's nice if they say nice things, but who am I to judge their reality and how I occur in it? You know, that's, that's not my business. Like, I let people be who they are. So, so other people's opinion about me is not my business. It's really not. I mean, listen, it can impact things, right? It might be somebody you care about. It might be someone you do business with. It might be somebody you share an office space with. Of course, we want to, as much as we can, encourage harmony and unity and a great sense of companionship. Um, so sometimes when people don't get along, there's all it is is there's a past hurt that hasn't been reconciled, right? Somebody said something or did something that that did hurt somebody and you haven't taken responsibility for it or they haven't expressed the impact that you had, right? This is a way to learn to communicate and make relationships really beautiful. But to understand just the dynamics of what you're feeling right now is what's being revealed. It's not what's being created, right? I did a couple of videos on my Instagram um, that people loved about this this time and, and COVID and coronavirus, right? And just to help, like I broke it down into uh, mental and emotional, physical, and then I'm, I still got to do the last one about the spiritual relationship. I'm waiting for that one. I, I don't. <laughs> well, I was under the weather myself. I had some mild symptoms, so um, which just passed, right? Again, to whatever degree. It's okay. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Like I'm no, 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 no. Just keep a distance. There's a lot of nonsense out there. But anyway, so my point is in sharing about the whole virus, I was saying the, the coronavirus isn't creating despair. 
It's not. It's revealing the despair that's already there, right? So the fear that most people walk around on the planet every day under the illusion that life is great and they had their jobs and they could go to their restaurants of choice and they could go on holiday and travel on airplanes. All of the things that were previously available to us, what I'm asserting is that beneath the surface, there is as every human being is primal, is a restlessness, a dis-ease, an absence of true freedom, right? And that's the beauty of this time is that we get to really open that up and find where can I establish a greater sense of real freedom and peace regardless of circumstance. It's not dependent upon my ability to, you know, go to Turks and Caicos on vacation or, you know, like that is not where I find my joy. My joy is in me and it's fun to go there. Do you know what I mean? But it's not, we're not dependent on circumstance. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest challenge, but I love, you know, because people have this, biggest hallucination or this illusion that back in the day we we were in control of things and we're certain of that right. people are like yeah all these uncertain times can you talk about it and how you see corona yeah. necessarily being the uncertain times yeah i mean it's it's one of the main pillars of my work you know how i got to where i got to i was in a relationship and i thought you know i was in a good relationship with love and all of the things that we'd want in a romantic relationship and to cut to the chase, you know, she decided one day she was going to leave and I sort of fell apart. And what it brought to the surface was what was already there, which is what I'm saying here. What was already there was my fear of loss, a very, very deep-seated fear of loss. Why? Because my parents had died when I was very young. And so that was part of my relationship to value, right? Like these these are my, my role models, my mom and dad, and I was young. So anything of value in my brain's, my brain's perception was something that I had to hold on to and make sure I never lost. So here comes along somebody that I thought I was in love with and what I understood to be love at that time. And then she goes, which triggers the fear of loss that was already in me, right? I didn't necessarily feel it because while she's there, there's the illusion of security, right? So this is what I'm speaking to here is there's the illusion of security, the illusion of companionship that is being brought to the surface now when people are feeling the absence of them. So the uncertainty part, what I realized is, you know, it took me a while, took me a couple of months of my own suffering and sleepless nights and frustration. But what I realized is the very nature, the very fabric of life is uncertainty. That's its nature. Like that doesn't change. Like it's saying that like fire is hot. Like we we all know that, right? Like fire is hot. Like it's an inherent and innate quality that belongs as part of the characteristic of fire. So life, its very nature is uncertainty. Now, this is where it gets tricky. That doesn't change. That's always the way. And as human beings, we have a brain that is designed to predict, to protect, right? If we can try and figure out what's going to happen, the illusion is that I can protect myself and stay safe. That's the illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, but it's always illusory and transitory, right? Because maybe you have a job that gives you a sense of security and there's a great sense of like income and like, oh, I feel safe. But if, are you really safe if that job is pulled away that you no longer feel safe? Or was it just transitory, right? And I'm not denying that it makes life easier and you can pay bills. And of course, this is all, uh, you know, very important. But we're looking at the emotional, the emotional experience of myself as a human being, independent of circumstance, right? Assuming nobody's starving, like, like you know, there are certain 
needs like you know, Maslow's hierarchy, which maybe people are familiar with in psychology. You know, as long as you've got some kind of food, some sort of shelter, you know, like then basically everything else is trappings, right? Like, you know, it's like you have the new phone or the old phone. It, it, that's not what your survival is dependent upon, right? For your ego, it might feel like it. But so once assuming, and I know a lot of people right now are legitimately struggling with some of that food and shelter, right? For which I have immense amount of compassion. And I hope collectively we can all help each other. I'm doing my part for people that are in my life that are struggling. So, but beyond that, if we're just dealing with the emotional part of this, then the grappling, the trying to figure stuff out is for emotional security. It's not for physical security. It's like the ego that is scared because it's projecting worst case scenarios, right? Like I have one of my quotes, I say, most people are trying to avoid a bad future that hasn't happened yet. And that's just where the brain is constantly trying to figure things out as a form, as a mechanism, as a survival mechanism for self-preservation. And that's okay, but what I want people to see to come back to the question is if the backdrop of life is uncertainty, and then at the forefront, we have a mechanism of the human ego and the brain of trying to figure it out, you start to see why people are exhausted. Because it doesn't matter how hard you try to figure it out, you can't. Why? Because life is uncertain. <laughs> yeah. So, And this was just like a, a good reminder to everyone that this what you never know. Like last month, I was I got back from Africa and I was like, had all these plans. I saw you, you know, we were just, you know, sunbathing, doing aqua yoga. And then four days later, we're all locked up in our houses. I haven't seen another human being for weeks, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So now what I want people to get from this is it's one thing to understand that the nature of life is uncertain and that the nature of the human brain is to try and predict. It's another thing to, to be able to reconcile that, to find peace with it, right? To go, oh, wow, life is uncertain. And it doesn't matter how much I try to figure it out, I can't. So where freedom comes in, which is my main product, you know, uh, is buying. It's it's, so it's just my main product is to be totally free from the shackles of our own subconscious, right? There's nothing, nothing as far as I'm concerned that is more priceless than that. To have true inner peace is what people are looking for. They're looking for it through the illusion of external circumstance, right? When fill in the blank, right? My body's right. I have the right partner. I have the right job. I have the big enough home. Then I'm going to be free. Well, no, then you're a slave to circumstance and that's exhausting. So, so understand life is uncertain by virtue of being human, for which reason it's okay. You're always trying to figure out what's going to happen to protect yourself, but that's exhausting. It's also futile. So freedom is, can I be okay not knowing what's going to happen? And that is where we have to develop a lot of trust and patience and faith to realize that we are specks, we're specks on a bigger speck called planet Earth that is a speck in the solar system that is a speck in the galaxy. And you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're really tiny and we're trying to figure everything out all the time, which, which is okay. That's what the human brain is designed to do, but it's an exercise in futility and it creates the cascade of physiological upsets and imbalances that people deal with from anxiety to worry to fear to concern to apprehension to IBS to, you know, all of the things that happen by virtue of a system being in a constant state of fight or flight. So, so I'm you know. sitting at home on my couch, yes. eating yeah. ice cream and feeling low. Sounds great. <laughs> and I'm feeling like, oh my, and then I have, you know, and, and I 
my mind is telling me, okay, it's another month. Yeah. Getting nothing done. Your business is just, you know, you're not making any money. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how to help people. Like, so you st- I'm starting to like doing these lines, but at least because any, are they even good enough? Like, I have yeah. all of these thoughts. Can you help me be well, better at talking to myself? I rather than be better at talking to yourself, I want you to be better at listening to yourself. And it's a very subtle but important distinction. Oh, oh boom! Was that a moment? <laughs> it was a moment. I was like, yeah. Oprah, huh? Moment. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tweetable. I think Oprah calls it right. <laughs> so yeah, everybody tweet that. Right. So it's not about having better self-talk. I want you to consider the talk is automated because your subconscious patterns generate thoughts. You don't sit there and go, oh, I would like to in a couple of minutes. What I'm going to do consciously is start worrying and thinking about this month that I have to be at home and I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, I'm going to consciously do that. No, you're sitting there eating your ice cream and the thought arises automatically where you don't have power like most people, and this speaks to relationships, is you don't listen to that thought, you react to it. Yeah, I should be having this thought, it's uncomfortable, like... More resistance, more resistance, right? Versus, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought, but I'm going to be at home for another month and I'm not going to get anything done. Is that true, right? You get to... So I like people to investigate their thoughts, which is listening. It's like how relationships don't work they don't work is because people don't listen. They react. Somebody says, well, you should do this and you should go to the gym. And they're like, well, fuck you. You should do that. They're not listening. (laughs) It's like someone just says you should go to the gym. Okay, that's fascinating. I appreciate you sharing your opinion. You know, it's like, I I get that that's what they think. That's that's their reality. I appreciate (laughs) it. You know, thank you. That's very generous. You know, you let me into your world and what you think I should be doing with my life. (laughs) That's actually, it's kind, (laughs) right? So when it comes to our own thought, it's, it's funny. I don't know why the way you say it, it's hilarious. Because well, just because it's just how it works. It's just it's yeah. logic. It's very simple. <laughs> Relationships are very simple, except they're not because people don't know how to listen. They just react. Why? Because people are walking around in bubbles of fear trying to protect themselves. So everything is a potential threat. The way the media, just these narratives, that they, they are just totally inspiring the fear that is already there. So it's not the media's fault, but it isn't contributing. You know, it's like last week, the Surgeon General was saying, this is going to be the worst week, like Thursday and Friday, Trump and the Surgeon General, this is going to be like 9-11, lots and lots of deaths, like this like really macabre tone and like, get ready. Then it's Tuesday and they're like, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? And then the market rallies for four days. Who the hell knows what's going on, right? Like, so the point is, listen, the pinch of salt expression, you know, take everything with a pinch of salt, like meaning don't necessarily take things for gospel. The trouble is when it's in our own skull, it's so close to us that we believe, we believe everything that we think. But it is a very intelligent mind that can entertain the thoughts that it has without believing them, right? So first of all, if we just to break down what you said, well, I'm going to be here for another month. Now, we don't even know that's true. Right? Two or three. It could be. It could be less. Listen, you could you could die of a heart attack because you're eating too much fucking ice cream in like a week. I don't know. <laughs> so don't worry about it, right? Do you see what I'm saying? So we just start to we start to have like this inquiry. We start to question our own dialogue because honestly, humans are full of you know what? Like most people just lie. They just lie. Hey, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to do this. Fight. No, you don't. No, you, you quit like a week after. It doesn't make you a bad person. 
but your words don't carry any value. This is when I help parents understand why their children don't listen to them. I'm like, because you talk out of your rear. You make promises for things that you don't keep. You make threats that you don't follow through. And your kids are like, hey, why should I listen to them? Nothing they say actually is true. I get that. I just went on a bit of a rant. But <laughs> the point is, you want to be able to have the discernment. It is about discernment to listen to what people say without taking it as fact. It's not I'm fair. Sorry, I'm laughing, but it's just, I think it's my nervous reaction to everything you say. And it's like really hitting home. Okay, good. It's making me like, in a way, uncomfortable and it causes me laugh. Yeah, because, well, truth will do that. Truth will, yeah. you know, it's like I had a buddy of mine when I was a trainer years ago, flying around the world, keeping these celebrities in great shape. I had a buddy of mine who was a celebrity trainer like me, right? So he, he comes to me, he's like, hey, dude, you need, you need to help me lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I don't need to do anything. He's like, well, no, I need to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> He said, like, what? I said, like, you don't need to do anything. Look at the energy of need. Need has got so much resistance. Like, I need to do something, right? It's forceful. It sounds like I don't want to, but I have to. Like, right. Yeah. Have to, need, should, supposed to. They're all bedfellows. They're all, they all create just resistance in our body. So I said that. Dictionary. Yes. Need. Need, need, need. Push, push, push. So he, he got it because he knows me and he's like, okay, fine. Well, I want to. I want to lose, you know, 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, great. That's that's awesome. What are you doing about it? And then he goes, well, you know, we were just shooting in Europe and I came back. And so now if I go to the gym, because I'm at the gym all day with my clients. So then if I stay to work out for myself, you know, my girlfriend gets upset because I don't see her. And like he comes up with some bullshit story, right? Right. Which is justifiable. It's a good reason. But it to it totally showed me he doesn't want to lose weight. He wants the he wants to lose weight without doing anything about it, which is what most people want, right? Yeah. I tell people you don't you don't get what you want in life by just wanting it. You have to do something, right? So so I said, so he tell me this story. I said, so you don't want to lose weight. So that's the truth. And he starts laughing. This is why I'm sharing this, because you're laughing. Oh yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. This is the whole point I'm making is you said it makes you yeah. laugh because I'm just pointing out the truth without judgment. Sit at home, eat ice cream all you want. But if you're sticking and listening to your head of I'm stuck here for a month, that's a depressing thought, right? So anyway, he starts laughing. He's like, dude, you're so right. Like, I can't be bothered. I just, I said, no, what you're worried about is you're a celebrity trainer and you're a little soft as trainers go and it doesn't fit the image. And so you're <laughs> fighting how you look, which is, of course, what most people are freaking worried about is how do I appear to the world? Because we want to be loved and accepted. That's a whole nother topic of conversation. And I said, so you're in conflict with your, you're in conflict with yourself because you're a celebrity trainer who doesn't have a freaking chiseled abs. And so now you're judging yourself for the fact that you need to lose weight. When you don't, you're great as a trainer. You get results. Like, who cares? And he's, he just starts laughing. He's like, dude, oh my God, you just saved me so much time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you came to me lying. You need to do something. No, you don't. Then you pretended that you want to do something. No, you don't. You're lazy. You can't be bothered. And he, now you're free. I saw him like two months later, he'd lost like 15 pounds, not changing one thing, but he'd let go of all the fight inside of himself. So that's why it's funny. That's why it's liberating. This is why we love comedians, because they point out things that maybe sometimes are a little bit taboo or we don't talk about. Because, think you know, humans are full of shit. We're full of shit. I was totally, I, at times, I'd probably still do it because it's so ingrained. But I'm, you know, I feel pretty good about the fact that I'm transparent. I just said how it is. And that's so liberating. Uh, it's, it's so true about losing weight because back in the day, like whenever I feel like, oh, I'm putting on weight, I need to like 
go on a diet that actually triggers even more like me wanting to eat more and in a way like it it makes me feel like it makes me put on more weight because i'm just all of a sudden i feel like i now i need to watch what i eat because i'm like getting yes but the part of you that's having that conversation is not you that is ego because it's worried about its value assets of the world human beings are designed designed to try and be loved and accepted this is the biggest illusion why because we think we're separate so if we think that we're separate now i have to do what i think i have to do in order to be accepted by the gang now for a woman for a woman how much of that pressure of value is put on your sexuality on your appearance on your physique right it's it's, it's insane the amount of pressure that women are under to try and appear a certain way to fit into a gang that by the way you're already part of <laughs> it's not even fitting in, but when you look on Instagram, for example, all the women that make so much money through like bloodwear women, the ones yes. that base their business on their looks and way better engagement, have way better uh, deals versus the ones that just, you know. Yeah, good for them. But that doesn't mean they're successful internally. See, we've got to redefine what it means to be successful. We're talking about it. So let's okay, great. Yeah. Well, I just feel like, you know, we don't know, but somebody who's got 2 million followers and every picture is of them in a bikini, you know, or whatever, which is fine. I mean, like everybody do whatever they want. Like I've got no judgment, but we don't know what that personal's ex that person's personal experience is. It could still be scared and lonely. It could be depressed. It could be anxious. I, I don't know. So there's so many assumptions. It's the emperor's new clothes. It's like what we're dealing with right now. There's so much BS out there from media to government. Everybody's got an agenda. Nobody knows who's really telling the truth. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I promise you, but you there's, are. <laughs> so I like to ask it. questions. I like to question things, right? I don't just sit there and go, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. No, I don't know. You know, I like to listen. I like to use my own intelligence to have discernment. And I think if everybody from this could actually become a little bit more responsible, like I was saying to you, in the way that we listen, and then we actually start to create communion. We start to create conversations versus either reacting like no or just assuming everything is true, right? Yeah. So anyway, the point so is, back to I the get couch. To, back, back to the couch, back to the ice cream. Decided I'm losing to myself. Yeah, and just and just. I, it's a very simple exercise. I ask everybody to put a question mark at the end of everything that you're thinking. You know, okay. I'm going to be here for a month, right? If you feel the energy of like, I'm going to be, especially if you say I'm going to be stuck here for a month, that energy is very heavy. It's mm -hmm. confining. Our spirit is free. So if you have a thought that is confining, it is in direct conflict to the essence of our true nature, which is freedom. So now we feel uncomfortable. That is suffering. Think about what we do to humans when they you know, misbehave, they break the law, they, we put them in a prison, right? It's the physical embodiment of constraint. Yeah. But what everyone's walking around apparently free on planet Earth is in the constraint of their own subconscious. So everybody might look like they're free, but emotionally, I assert that most people are in the prison of their own creation. And that's why I love to help people break out of that. Like, that's why even my course is called Free Your Mind, right? Like, it's because I get to work with some of the most extraordinary people on the planet, whether it be in business, entertainment, sports. They have all the resources. They're not wanting for anything physically in terms of material or, or money. But mentally, they're like everybody else. They grew up in a family where things weren't perfect. And even if they were perfect, you're still going to have your fears. You're still going to have your limitations. You're still going to have your inadequacies because you're human. And so this is where we can't make assumptions about somebody's internal state of freedom and peace just because of external 
facade of success. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves looking and comparing at others as though, well, we need to have what they have. You might be way more successful than that person because you're at peace with yourself, because you're okay with the circumstances of your life. You don't fight against reality. You, you know how to listen and engage with somebody without judgment. These, to me, are much more successful qualities than somebody who's got a lot of money, a lot of followers, you know, but they have a huge amount of judgment. They don't get along with their parents. You know, what, whatever it is that is their facade, that to me is the antithesis of success. Success is real authenticity. It is peace of mind. It is being comfortable in your own skin to be you and to afford that to others, to come from kindness and let people be who they are. That to me is a successful human being. And can you, can you share with uh, everyone what's your definition of happiness? Yes. Well, I mean, it's actually one of my quotes, one of my favorite <laughs> quotes. Oh, look at you teeing me up to success. <laughs> um, so when I really got this, like happiness is a subjective experience, right? Like, you know, you feel happy because something good happened. That's totally fine. But if you understand happiness, it's transitory, right? You're happy because something went well. Somebody said something nice. Oh, my God, you look so pretty. You feel happy. Oh, my God, you made some money. You know, you feel happy. But true happiness, in the way I came up with this quote, I said, true happiness is the absence of the search for happiness. Now, why that to me... Let's just repeat that so people, you know, really gather yeah. for the people in the bike row. <laughs> Who are sitting there eating their ice cream. They go, this guy's great. I'm just going to eat more ice cream. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> um, so true happiness, true happiness is the absence of the search for happiness. Now, why this is so profound, even though I came up with it myself, so that may sound somewhat self-complimentary, um, self um, is that if we're not seeking happiness, if we're not searching happiness, we're not looking to some future, oh, we hit a sweet spot. Look at this. Look at it. This is your month at home. You're having the best fucking time. Excuse me, I keep showing the F-bomb. No, right? It's so like, I can't wait to be at home for a month. Let's just do a live every day. We'll just have a crack up, right? Yeah, just, I'm yeah. literally crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> so happiness that is absent of the desire to get to some idealized, perfected one-day future, that's real happiness because what it's saying is, boom, I'm content where I am. Now, that's not to be misunderstood as resignation or cynicism and just apathy. No, no, no. I'm one of the most creative, driven, entrepreneurial people I know, and I'm so content to be where I am. So the two can coexist. So true happiness is the absence. I'm not trying to be somewhere I'm not. First of all, that doesn't work. Have you ever tried, you know, can you, have you ever been in your future is what I ask people, <laughs> but you're desperately thinking that that's where your happiness is going to be. No, no, wait, it's going to be awesome. Just wait one day when I finally lose that five pounds on my freaking love handles and da, 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 da. Okay, great. How's that working out for you? You know, it's saying, it's implying that my happiness in the future means that I'm not happy today. That's a that's called misery. And it <laughs> never ends because when you're in the future, that's yeah. the other thing that you have. For sure. Then you got to go and talk to your doctor and get a medication or, you know, self-medicate. No judgment. But like, you know, why? Why? Why do that when it's all made up? Right? So true happiness, true happiness is the absence of the search of happiness. What it's actually doing is eradicating time. Right? This gets a little bit philosophical and esoteric, is if in the absence of seeking for something, I'm eradicating the stress of trying to get somewhere. I suddenly become in harmony with present time. You know, I'm, I'm in the now. 
which we're always in the now. Like, it's just a funny conversation. People are like, hey, be in the now. I'm like, well, you don't have any effing choice. <laughs> so, but you could be in your head talking uh, to yourself about some idealized future, but you're always in the now. Hello, you're right there, right? So, but if you think that you should be somewhere else, well, now you're screwed, right? Because you are under the impression that what you're saying is where I am is not it. Okay, but where you are is always it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't the way I want my life to be. Okay, but this is the way your life is, right? So you start to see that there's the ridiculousness of how people fight reality. But you can, and then you wonder can why fight they're something that doesn't exist. And the fact that you're not here doesn't, doesn't exist. So it's like this whole... It's an illusory conversation in your head, but yeah. the reality of your life, the way your body is right now, the way your bank account is right now, the uh, the job you have or the job you don't have, the house, the fact that you've got you know shit in in uh, in your in your closet, you know whatever is going on in your life is the way it is. And I don't like the word perfect. I never say it's perfect. It is the way it is. And if you fight that, now you've got everything the way it is still, and now you're miserable, <laughs> right? So. It's like everything is the way it is and you're frustrated, right? Yeah. Versus it's just the way it is. And if you don't like it, then do something about it. Like take action, right? Like I've worked with, with some of my pro athletes. I've gotten to work uh, with Navy SEALs too, right? Because they come in and they will do talking about performance and under stress. And, and they, you know, some of the guys love the whole mindset thing that I talk about. And they have a motto, which is so simple. Deal with it. That's it. Deal with it, right? Because for them... Lives are literally at stake. You don't sit there and go, oh my God, like I got hurt. Like he hit me. <laughs> and it's like, meanwhile, you're like, your teammates are being shot, right? You know, it's like, no, you deal with it, right? So right now it's not easy. Okay, I got it. I'm the most loving, compassionate person you'll meet. I'll hold you, I'll hug you, but then let's deal with it. Let's do something, right? Let's handle it. Versus sitting there and feeling sorry for ourselves, which is totally human. It's okay. No judgment. This is why we need the mother to come in. They're there. It's okay. But then the dad comes in and goes, hey, I'm going to slap you on the ass and let's take care of some stuff. <laughs> right? So for me, it's like... Sounds like you grew up in Poland because that's a lot of tough love, you know? It is a bit of tough love. I mean, I grew up without parents, so maybe that's like Poland. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's a tough situation, right? Like there's a certain degree of the absence of molly cuddling and having shit taken care of for me. Um but listen, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of joking here. Obviously, I want to bring some lightheartedness to people today. But, it, but there is, there's, there's, just, there's tough things to deal with as a human being. You know, there, I, I am not free of the challenges of life, put it that way. But I am free of the struggle with the challenges of life. Now, if you really understand that, it's very powerful. My life does not go exactly the way that Peter Crone wants it to go. You know, there may be things that I'm excited about that don't work out. Okay, whoop-de-doo, you know, do I feel sorry for myself and then go into depression? Or do I go, okay, well, apparently for reasons that I don't understand, that wasn't supposed to happen right now. And I'm okay with that. It is profound acceptance. Just as my quote about true happiness is the absence of the search for happiness, what we could really boil that down to is profound acceptance. I'm in harmony with the way that things are right now. Even in this situation, and I get it, people are struggling. My heart goes out to the guy who was running up and down the steps at Dodger Stadium selling popcorn. Like, what's that guy doing? You know, I'm an empath. I feel for people who were barely making ends meet as it was, right? I, I don't know what these people are doing, and I can only hope and pray that somebody is helping them or that they're, they're, they're dealing with it, right? Yeah. But even in the space of trying times, there is an opportunity to find harmony with reality, to not fight reality, 
to come together, to develop more trust, to develop more patience, to develop more humanity in the way that we support one another. And that to me is the greatest opportunity here. And despite all the loss that is happening for so many people, I hope that's the one thing we don't lose is that this is an opportunity to develop more love and kindness for one another, including ourselves. Hey there, beautiful beings. Sorry for a quick interruption, but you all know that I'm super passionate about discovering natural ways to boost my health, right? So guess what? I've stumbled upon something absolutely amazing and I just can't wait to share it with you. It's called Armor Colostrum. And let me tell you, it has been a game changer for me. It's been something that I take every day. I have it with me right now in Bali and I have seen incredible benefits. And this is coming from someone who has been trying to heal her gut her entire life and I feel an amazing difference and it tastes amazing. So here's the scoop. If you want to enhance your gut or step up your fitness game or add some extra glow to your skin and hair, then definitely Armour Colostrum should enter the picture in your life. And the changes I have noticed are incredible. Armour Colostrum isn't just any health product. It's, you know, powerhouse of over, of over 400 living bioactive nutrients. We're talking about complete transformation from the inside out, strengthening immunity, fueling metabolism, boosting gut health, and so much more. And the best part, it's all natural, sustainably sourced with from grass-fed cows right here in the U.S. Plus, their cold chain biopotent technology ensures that every nutrient is preserved in its most potent form. And for those of you who, like me, care deeply about sustainability, Armora has got us covered. They only use surplus colostrum after the calves are fully fed, so nothing goes to waste. Incorporating Armora into my daily routine, like I said, I've noticed some pretty massive changes. My skin is more radiant, my energy levels are <laughs> pretty much through the roof, and my fitness recovery is even faster than ever. And that's all thanks to colostrum. So if you're excited, as I am, to try it out, I've got a special treat for you. Head over to tryarmra.com forward slash Aggie and use the code Aggie to get 15% of your first order. Trust me, your body will thank you. So that's tryarmra, T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-I dot com slash Aggie. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey to a healthier, happier you. Thanks for listening. How do you deal with the feelings of not being enough, you know, like not doing, getting enough done, for example, right now you're sitting in yeah. and you feel like, you know, I want to deal with it and I want to be productive. I don't want to waste this time, like watching TV and yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you just feel like you're not doing enough. And then you like guilt trip yourself for that. Like, how do you do, how do you listen to yourself and how do you talk to yourself? Um, it's a great, it's a great, um, and very prevalent conversation, right? Like the feeling of inadequacy that humans have. So I would say the similar way that you asked, how do I change my talk? I said, don't worry about changing your talk, listen. So it's about asking, is it true as an actual truth that you are not doing enough? Relative to what? You know, it's only relative to your own idea of what you should be doing. That's that need, should, have to conversation again, right? Like that's where you put pressure. This is the thing I want you to understand. When we have a narrative, which is natural, right? Meaning like it's it's not natural, it's normal because it's human, which is that I feel somehow enough, uh, not enough. I didn't do enough. I didn't work out enough. I didn't, I'm not producing enough. I'm not creating enough. Whatever it is that I'm not enough. I would assert that's primal, right? That's just part of the ego. It feels inadequate. 
then when we judge that, we're putting pressure. Like that conversation creates pressure, right? It says judgment upon ourselves. Now think about that. When we put pressure on ourselves, we are less inclined to be in action. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So the judgment of inadequacy has a heaviness to it. It's not encouragement, right? Like when I work with leaders of companies and I ask them to empower through appreciation, right? A lot of old time bosses like to make people wrong, right? Don't do this. You did that wrong. It's a very detrimental, disempowering energy. But for new companies and new leaders who truly want to be inspiring, I say, you've got to appreciate, acknowledge. So when you appreciate a human being, say, hey, this is a great, I love the way that you did this. I love, like that human steps forward. The energy is space. They're being encouraged to do, do something. So likewise, what can you look at in your own life and find acknowledgement for? The fact that you put this together. You know, we're both taking time. Can you acknowledge yourself that, you know, you you announced to your group, you took time to make yourself look beautiful, you contacted me, like you put energy into this. That to me is a much more powerful conversation to nurture than the one about what you didn't do, right? It's easy for human beings to focus on what we did wrong versus acknowledge ourselves for the little steps that we have taken. So, so two things. One, acknowledge yourself for what you have accomplished. And two question question again the validity the truth of these statements of our own inadequacy because i promise you i absolutely promise you there is nothing not enough about anyone it's a conversation it's a narrative it's a dialogue it's a piece of programming i cut you open aggie oh look i found like this label that says you're not enough i'm, I'm not going to find that anywhere inside of you. No. it's a conversation it's a story there is nobody on the planet, nobody that is not enough. And for that reason, I go back to what I said, everybody warrants respect. Everybody warrants kindness. The, the worst judge of yourself is always going to be you. Yeah, so true. yeah, that's all, you know, and if you can overcome that, that if all that people get out of this time of being at home is to recognize, wow, I'm so hard on myself and that's okay because it's human, but I'm not going to play that game anymore. People would come out of their homes in a few weeks, in a few months or whatever, and be so profoundly powerful in the way that they impact life because they wouldn't be up against the resistance of their own criticism. So powerful. I really like what you said earlier about just adding a question mark to whatever yeah. self-talk we're experiencing at a, at a given moment. Absolutely. Anything that people question will lead to a different conversation if you can really rather than take it as a statement like even you said i'm going to be stuck at home for a month right that's a statement you're implying it as a truth you don't know that i mean i made a joke i said you might die of a heart attack from too much ice cream in a week great well then the truth about being stuck at home for a month you were lying you're a liar aggie you're a liar <laughs> right so we want to keep coming that back to sitting I at home for a month really cool when i think about it if i had to pick I was for a month and get a heart attack in a week. Right. So, but what it really points to is honestly, you don't know. We don't know. You know, it's like we just don't know. They might suddenly come, who, like, they come up with the cure, this vaccine, which I'm not putting near my body. <laughs> but, you know, it's like they, 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 suddenly everyone's like, oh, wow, we can go free in like three days. I don't know what the hell they're like, yeah. what's going to happen. So we want to keep staying in the I don't know, which is uncomfortable for the human mind. That's the work. The work is to keep embracing uncertainty, which is the title of our conversation today. It really is. And, and it, it, 
I'm trying to squeeze one more question for one of my followers. Yeah, don't we? Uh, did we not get kicked off air here in an hour or something? We do. I don't know. Yes, we got seven okay. more minutes. But let me just quickly ask you. She was okay. asking about the idea of someone leaving you. You know, the idea where you in a relationship and someone yeah. like leaves you, and then how do you deal with that? You know, like someone left you for someone else. Okay, great. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect thing that was supposed to happen because that's what happened. <laughs> But they like feel like shit. I know. I'm kidding. I'm being gentle. No, listen. Yeah, I know, but like, like oh, like it's frustrating because then you feel okay. I'm not gonna talk. Gonna so you mean about a romantic relationship? If yes. someone is dating someone and somebody leaves you to go to somebody else, yeah. Okay, great. So you're going to be left with whatever is unreconciled in you. That that whatever life set up at that moment is to reveal where you're not comfortable with something. Again, it might be loneliness. It might be the feeling of, oh, I'm not enough. Like, well, I love that person so much and that person decides to walk away. Great. Then that's an even more powerful conversation because if you really, really listen, everybody, if this is all anyone gets from this conversation, if you really love that person, then you will honor their choice because love does not judge. Oh, that's going to take a minute to sink in. <laughs> but that's painful like you want to be with that's you that's i'm just like playing devil's advocate but no i get it listen i've been there I think, you know, my whole yeah. my whole awakening was because i was in love with somebody who left me no what's, what's i wasn't this for in love because because it wasn't real love people don't understand what love is real is love doesn't oh my god we need another couple of hours if we're gonna go there <laughs> real love doesn't have any judgment it doesn't have like that's attachment if somebody quote unquote leaves you, first of all, they're not leave. They're they're going somewhere else. They're dating someone else. They might be with that person for a week and come back to you. I mean, it happens all the time, right? So, but they're not. They're choosing to go somewhere else. Love doesn't have an agenda. It would honor their choice. Now, yes, you might have feelings of missing the person, a little bit of sadness. That's human. Again, this comes back to how we started this conversation, which is we want to bring in that maternal energy of holding ourselves and going, that's okay. I had a beautiful time with that person, whether it's a week, a month, a year, you know, a lifetime. I don't know. I enjoyed. I want to find gratitude for the experience I had with that person versus feeling depression for the absence of them. You know, it's like celebrate the life we Dr. have with people. No. Pardon? Dr. Sue said, uh, don't cry because it's over. Smile before because it happened. Yeah. I mean, I listen, my own personal experience. So when I went to college and I was 19, 20 at the time or whatever, I'd never been to the college. And, and so, you know, everybody there is new, 17,000 students or whatever. And eventually, you know, you get to meet people, you make friends and you don't share your personal details on day one. But as you get to know people, you become more vulnerable. And so one of my friends, I can remember within a couple of months, you know, we're talking about family. And, oh, where are your family? Where's, you know, where, what does your dad do? And blah, blah, blah. And I explained that my parents died when I was young. And of course, because he's a nice guy, he said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, that must have been tough. You know, all the things that humans say, which is very compassionate. And he said, that's crazy. He said, if, if we lined up all the 17, 18,000 students and we had to pick the one person whose parents had died when they were young, you would have been the last person I picked because you're so full of life. And I said, well, I appreciate that. It's very flattering. I said, but this is why, because my dad was only, my mom died when I was very young, seven, but my dad was only, you know, around until I was 17. So I wasn't even an adult. Both parents died. But I said to him, my dad was one of the most loving men I've ever met. And even though I only had him for 17 years, 
I had the experience of companionship of son and father and vice versa for 17 years that most people don't get for 60 or 70 years with their dad that's still alive. So again, it comes back to the quality of interaction, the quality of engagement, the quality of our relationship. So we're greedy and human and we're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, why couldn't like have both? Why can't I have a dad that I have a great connection with? And he lives until he's 120. You know? That's called being greedy. And that's why you're sitting at home eating ice cream. Sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, like, I, I'm like, messing with Like normal feelings you have, like you have of course. wanted to like, I get it. I get it. Listen, I get it. But there's a much bigger game at, at, at hand here. You know, one of the questions you sent, it was something about how do I help people who are single to find a loving relationship, right? I, someone posted on your thing. And this is what we're talking about. The most loving, the most important relationship is the one we have with ourselves. So even in the absence of somebody leaving you and feeling the sadness, what you're developing is love for yourself. And that to me is the only way you can truly have love with another. Because until such time that we are totally at peace inside of ourselves with ourselves, then we can't truly be with another because there's going to be some attachment. There's going to be some form of dependency where I'm saying, I'll be happy as long as you're with me. But if you go, I'm not happy. That's not love and that's not a healthy relationship. That's why, you know, Tom Cruise, God bless him. I worked with him for five years. I love the guy. <laughs> and, you know, when he said, hey, you know, in uh, whatever, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. I mean, boy, does that appeal to the romantics. But boy, is it such a disservice to a healthy relationship. Because <laughs> if you complete me, you're saying, one, I'm incomplete. And two, if you go, I'm, I'm screwed. Right? No, I'm complete. Oh, my God, we don't have time for this. But, like, well, you have some certain needs in your life. And... You want to be with someone who fulfills your needs. Like, yeah, but listen, need, need, what are needs? I need to go to the bathroom. I need to sleep. I need to eat. Like in Ayurveda, we recognize 13 need needs. That's need. no, not a need. That's a desire. So That's a desire. That's a personal preference. We rely on community for sure, but that doesn't mean that you have to be sleeping with somebody. But I'm talking you know? about like even hugging. Intimacy, not yeah, it feels good. I get it. But so does eating ice cream. It's not a need. It's not a need. It's a preference. And boy, I'm I'm super affectionate. I love to hug. I'll be hugging people as soon as we're out of here, right? Like, you know, I love to hug. Be careful, everyone. The, the, yeah, look out. You're in the way. Nice job, Peter. The mad hugger, he's, he's, they let him out. He's free. He's loose. <laughs> Wait, I want to quickly wrap up because we, we're going to get cut off. But if you yes. enjoy this conversation and Peter's mind, thought it was super helpful. Peter, you're amazing. I love you. I'm going to come over and get some ice cream when this is all done. <laughs> the funny thing is I don't even have ice cream, but <laughs> just the metaphor for like... Oh, it's a metaphor. Right. <laughs> all right, whatever. All right, I love you all. Go. I love you too. Spread. Thank you for your time. Okay. Go on someone. Uh, <laughs> I love myself. Ciao. I love myself and I love you too. Thank you for this.